0: Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Fly Cool Shit. I'm Mark. Episode 5. Happy Friday. How's everybody doing? How was everybody's week? Mine was uh, just about the same as it always is right now. Um, actually, I'm, I'm still in my riding clothes. I, I went for a nice long ride today on my bike. Beautiful day in California. A little warm, a little breezy, but uh, it's been a pretty nice week. Um, it did did kind of unseasonably heat up again. We thought we were gonna kind of get cooler weather, uh, like high seventies, low eighties. But now, like today is like I think 90, 95. Yesterday was ninety seven. Day before was a hundred. So kind of warm, kind of warm still. Um, I couldn't line up a podcast guest this week. Schedules didn't work. So uh, I'm just gonna do kind of a solo podcast next week. I've got a couple things. Uh, potentially in the works uh, so we'll have a guest on next week to talk about some cool things uh, Acrofest in uh, Borrego wrapped up by all accounts it is the biggest IAC contest on the west coast um, this year I'm not sure if ever but looking at the roster of primary alone it it, it what a contest that would, that would have been such a fun contest to be at uh, it looked like a lot of people came out and uh, and competed. So congrats to everybody that uh, that did well, or congrats to everybody that just actually showed up. That's more than I did, more than a lot of people could do right now. <laughs> so uh, good job in making it out from wherever you came from to fly out and uh, compete. That's awesome. So, and uh, I'll give a shout out to Brian Jones, uh, who was the director that made, put on a good contest. That's a good job. Really good job. Great to hear that it was a good turnout. Uh, with that out of the way, uh, as far as competitions go, I'm not sure what, where that leaves California the rest of the year. There might be one more, maybe not. But obviously, everything's been kind of shut down for you know, for lack of a better phrase. Uh, a lot of contests canceled throughout the country. I know there's a couple other contests that went off. I think um, I think there was there was one in the Midwest, and I think maybe even one on the East Coast in New Jersey or something like that, or near that area. Uh, so, it's good. It's good to see some competitions, and hopefully 2021 will bring more. Hopefully, I can actually make my lazy ass get in my airplane and go to a competition in 2021. I say it every year, and then life just gets in the way. It fucking sucks. But, um, yeah, hopefully. I'll ho- hopefully, I have an airplane, and I'll be able to do that. On that note, um, I don't know that I talked about my airplane situation much. Uh, people that know me personally know that uh, I'm... i and partners in a, uh, extra 300 midwing former Northern lights airplane. I think I might've talked about it on the first podcast, but, um, unfortunately that airplane on Easter Sunday was involved in a ground loop with a co-owner. Um, he was okay. Shit happens, you know, just an airplane. Um, I definitely, I'm that type of person. I, I mean, I have a, a, an affinity for that airplane. I really, really love that. That particular extra is a really, really nice extra. Um, and unfortunately did some damage enough to where, uh, we actually had to take it apart and, Ship it to Southeast Arrow in Florida, St. Augustine, which is, uh, you know, the mecca for fixing boo-boo extras. And uh, they're almost done. I actually got a text from Kramer today. Wings back on it. Tails back on it. Uh, engines back on it. Props on it. It's uh, If they didn't run it today, this afternoon, uh, Monday, I would imagine that they'll get the first fire up. Um, which is great. So, Progress. It's been a long road. Like I said, Easter Sunday is when it happened. Uh, the airplane didn't even make it to Florida until mid June, and then Southeast Aero just hammered that thing out. So uh, they did. They did a really good job so far. I'm really, really excited to go get it. I'm going to be the one doing the ferry home, cross country, coast to coast, in an extra, without an autopilot. It'd be me. I'm actually looking forward to it. My my flying's just dramatically changed so much since COVID. Uh, both airline and, and flight instruction-wise, that um, I'm really looking forward to the flight. Uh, definitely make the best of it. And honestly, the, uh, although the days are getting shorter, it's going to be a nice flight weather-wise, um, or at least it should be. You know, hurricane season should be wrap, wrapping up. I'm going to stay pretty south, so um, tornado season shouldn't be a, a factor at all there. Um, and... Just, just winter weather. You know, I'll be beating the winter weather, obviously. So it'll, it'll be a good thing. But yeah, the the airplane had, unfortunately, on the ground loop, it, it snapped the gear, it kissed the wing, uh, kissed the prop. What else? When it snapped the gear, the the snap gear leg hit the belly, and you know it was kind of a you know it was definitely a brain fart kind of deal. Uh, he knows it. Whatever, again, shit happens. Happens to the best, uh, and I'm not saying that just to just to make excuses for anybody. You know, he, he knows he made a mistake. It was a mistake, uh, but but mistakes happen to everybody. Um, but the way it happened, it was just it's kind of like one of those things. Almost like hail damage. You know, it might be light hail, but you got dents on every freaking panel. And this ground loop touched everything, just about everything. <laughs> unfortunately, it didn't touch the tail. Um, it did do some, um, it did, um, it didn't really do any damage to the tail wheel per se. There was a crack in, in a, like a metal boot on the tail wheel that they had to weld. No big deal. Um, just from the, 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 you know, the side load. But yeah, it like, you know, when it broke the gear, it touched the wing, it touched the aileron, broke the siding device, struck the prop. So that, you know, that whole deal. Um, and you know, it's funny When, this is a common misconception, and I I didn't have this misconception for very long, uh, but I did kind of have that in this situation. The engine um, was fairly decent uh, time-wise. It only had 400 hours on it. But the airplane sat before, so the owner before me bought it from a guy in Fort Wayne, Indiana. The guy that bought it uh, from the, the owner before him had had it, in Florida, but it was in a hangar and sat for a long time, excuse me, long time, uh, almost 10 years, I think it was nine years, it might even have been 10 years, have to look back at the logs, but it developed some corrosion in the engine a little bit, and so this whole thing has been kind of a uh, an awakening experience, you know, a lot of people think when you strike the prop, oh, well insurance will just rebuild the engine, and that's completely and unequivocally false, um, they won't rebuild. They won't just give you an overhaul. They won't overhaul your engine. Insurance will not overhaul your engine if you have a prop strike. Um, if there is damage due to the prop strike, then that's one thing. And then you can, you know, pay on top of it to, to complete an overhaul if you, you know, should choose. And I've, I've talked to people, my buddy with the pits that did that. Um, so it can be done. But yeah, basically, what they do on a on a prop strike, especially with an MT prop, this airplane had an MT prop on it, still does, has a new MT prop on it now. Um, at the end, the the prop didn't stop, which is not necessarily a distinction anymore, uh, I believe. I'd have to look back in like the the, the manuals for Lycoming and Continental. But um, I, you know, insurance, I think it's it's like they're just gonna, it's just like one of those things. They're just going to tear it down. It's, it, it's, there's so many things now uh, with insurance where it's like, well, maybe I wouldn't do this particular repair or look at this particular element, but when insurance is fitting the bill, you know, you just have it done, right? Um, it was a no-brainer to have the engine torn down and, and inspected, but what they typically do is check the run out on the crank and cracks and making sure everything's in line, that you didn't jar the bearings, you didn't, you didn't twist uh, anything too much, and with an empty prop, I mean, it's, um, that's pretty unlikely. I mean, you'd have to, I don't know how hard or how deep you'd have to strike an empty prop to get that much resistance. I mean, it's just foam core, balsa, and composite. So, um, yeah. So uh, back to the corrosion part. Uh, we it was, we did a pre-buy. The owner before me, who's a friend, did a pre-buy. And neither time uh, were these kind of issues found on the, on the pre-buy. Um, the engine was boroscoped on the pre-buy before mine, uh, which I was, um, I won't say I was involved, I wasn't involved in, but privy to, because I knew the owner when he bought it. I knew the previous owner of the airplane when he bought it. Um, I knew when he brought it out. I did his training in the extra for when he was going to bring it out. So um, I've known him ever since he's owned the airplane. In fact, I think that's how we met. I think he called me wanting extra training, and um, that's how we met. Great guy, um, but fast forward to we did an annual this year, uh, owner-assisted annual, with a, a great IA who is well-versed in the extra world, um, has built extras, and and, and served uh, as a kind of a co-mechanic or, or a mechanic, one of Several mechanics on some airshow teams, so uh, that involved the extras. And so he he's well versed, and he borescoped the engine. I watched them bore-scope the engine, and we looked at everything, and, and everything looked really good as far as what you could borescope. But unfortunately, there was a little corrosion on some rods and the accessory gears, just from sitting for so long. So that kind of hit us in the wall a little bit, and you got to come out of pocket for that on an insurance claim, uh, because that had nothing to do with the prop strike. Right? And so it's one of those, like, it's, it's been, um, financially it's been hard because the last thing you want to do in a situation like this is come out of pocket for it, especially when you didn't do it, right? Um, now, you can get into the politics of should that person have fit the bill fully for all this? I won't say yes or no. Um, I, I don't know what's customary. I, I, I do know that it would have been really nice, but I didn't expect him to to do that so I'm not it's not that uh, you know there's no bad blood or anything like that but it sucks it sucks when you know the world's kind of going through a financial shit mess and you gotta come out of pocket for an airplane that you didn't hurt and that, that you really admire. you know I love that airplane um, so, but anyway I'm really glad to get it back so we had, to, we had to come out of pocket for some engine work which is is what it is but the engine's gonna be really really nice now um wing got you know it's all repaired everything is is kind of wrapping up and so it was nice to talk to uh, Kramer today and and instead of getting the text messages of like hey we found this or (laughs) because that that did happen there was about a two-month span where I I, every time he would text me I would my body would shake Um, but uh, you know we're getting to that point now where it's like hey how do you want this set up or hey What would you like to do with this and so we got to uh chat today about about setting up the spades which is great because the spades were off and and you know he's like how would you have it set up before how do you want to do it now you want p strips and so uh that was a real fun thing to talk about uh getting getting that initially set up and then and then you know i'll fine tune it when i get it home but yeah uh first engine runs hopefully was today if not monday um, they were really hoping to fly it today, it just didn't quite have all the panels back on him. Um, Kramer had a, a took he had a his wedding anniversary, I forgot what number it is, but happy anniversary, Kramer. Uh he he kinda went off for a few days and, and and had a nice anniversary getaway. Uh but when he came back the airplane wasn't quite put together as much as he'd hoped, so um the hope was kinda to fly it today and he's yeah. I think he's gonna do the first flight on it and then maybe Doug will fly it at Southeast Arrow. Um so yeah. I'm excited. I'm really excited to get this airplane back. Uh, I've got several people wanting to fly. I've. I want to fly it. Co-owners want to fly it. I man, I just can't tell you. I, I really don't have the. I. It, this has been. It's been in a real emotional roller coaster. Not having this airplane here. Um, it feels weird because it's something that I, you know I take personally. Like trying to protect that airplane or or, or take care of it. Um, obviously, because I love it. So to have it kind of. Outside your hands It's almost like the equivalent of like I don't know When your kid goes uh, <laughs> Kid goes to college or something and you're just like Well you're out of the nest I, I, I don't know what to do now uh, You're on your own And so this airplane's In a, in a cold dark world <laughs> And uh, I'm not there to You know Make sure it's okay But I will be uh, Doing the ferry Which I'm excited about um, And I'll be able to You know Test fly the airplane When I get there Make sure everything's good Before I go And then um, Yeah Yeah I'm excited about that, and kind of on that note, uh, this kind of segues into what I wanted to talk about today, because I get, you know, for, for the flight instructors out there that, that teach aerobatics in some um, degree or another, whether it's recreational, you know, loops and rolls, and that's it, uh, whether it's spin training, whether it's in an extra or super decathlon or a pits or 150 aerobat, um, you know, I, I think we get a lot of, you know, I, I cater to, uh, well, I won't say cater, but definitely a large part of my business is, is like the intro flight, right? Um, the intro lesson, intro aerobatic lesson, you know, do I like this or not? Am I going to like this or not? And so I, I field a lot of questions on what my intro aerobatic course entails. And again, I, I'm not, I don't. T- typically teach a resty. That's just not my pedigree. Um, I do have the ability to get somebody, you know, pretty close to where they need to be. And then, then somebody that really, really knows can finish them off. Uh, but that's not typically what I get. My airplane is dual only for somebody that, that pays to, fl- you know, pays to fly it. So I don't rent the airplane to anybody. Um, and I don't do takeoffs and landing let anybody do takeoffs and landings. So, people that come to me are typically people that that want UPRT training, upset prevention and recovery, spin training, which I kind of want to talk, you know, a lot of people throw those words around and I kind of want to lay some distinctions on aerobatics, spin training, UPRT, um, and their relationship to each other and, and you know how they're different and, and what might be right for somebody might not be right for somebody else. So, you know, when somebody typically uh, sends me an email like, well, hey, wh- what do you do on an, in- on an intro flight? Uh, my answer to that is whatever you want, um, because typically I'm not getting somebody that's on a curriculum track to learn aerobatics. Now, that's not always the case. I do have a few regulars, and I'm going to talk about kind of how I adjust things um, and kind of the syllabus, the, the general syllabus I've set up for how to I take somebody through what I would call a full basic aerobatics course or fundamentals of aerobatics course and what that is uh, cuz that de- that definition is different for for you know different instructors and I'll say I'll I'll preface this that, or, or lay the disclaimer you know I'm not an expert I don't claim to be an expert I I'm a CFI I've been doing it a long time I still have room to learn I still have um, I still make changes and I'm not the end-all be-all, nor claim to be, nor want to be on, um, as far as the authority goes on aerobatics, what you should teach, what you shouldn't teach, how you teach it. Uh, there's, there's a lot of ways uh, to skin the cat, so to speak. So uh, anything I say here is it, this is just the way I do it. And um, I may forget something, I may omit something accidentally. But uh, for the most part, you know, I, I think there is a general consensus on what like intro aerobatics are or basic aerobatics or fundamental aerobatics. Um, but that does, again, that does change, especially changes given, you know, the pedigree at which you are teaching. Now, like in Europe where you actually need a, an aerobatic uh, sign off, you know, it's a rating uh, That that differs from the United States where there's no rating. There's no standard here. For aerobatics, And that surprises a lot of people. Um, I get a, I would say one out of 10 students that I get is somebody from another country that's either visiting here uh, or lives here and has a foreign rating or has converted their licenses and is like, hey, you know, I've done a couple of aerobatic flights or I, I, I want to get into aerobatics or I want to just take an aerobatic flight. And they're actually surprised to learn that there's no standard here, and so from that you get a huge variance on what the basics are, right? Uh, does that include? Do, does the basics include a spin? Are are spins part of basic aerobatics? Um, the answer to that is yes, in my opinion, and I'm gonna elaborate on that. I'm gonna expand on that, but my my general answer when somebody asks me hey well what do you do on this 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 flight because on my website i, I kind of package things i make it, i try to make it simple out the door pricing i include the plane my instructor fee out the door right so it's just it's real easy you don't have to you know get messy with well the airplane's this and then i charge this per hour for instruction or, and then there's fuel or anything like that just out the door pricing make it really simple and so i have an aerobatic package that, that es- essentially is whatever you want to do. And so uh, that includes a pre-brief, an hour, up to an hour sortie. So that's like, you know, block time, an hour. And in the training environment now, people that fly competition aerobatics are like, an hour? What the hell are you doing up there for an hour? I'd be fucking dead in an hour. And you'd be right. Um, because that's way too long <laughs> to go up and just hammer out, you know, um, hammer out knowns or practice on your own doing back-to-back-to-back maneuvers. Uh, in the training environment, I really, really like about an hour to to teach. So showing these maneuvers, demonstrating them, um, and then shadowing or having them depends on their level of of skill. Uh, having them do it and then and then having them do it um, to to you know in the first flight you know to to a somewhat proficient standard where they can see kind of a successful loop or a successful roll and say, hey, I I did a pretty decent maneuver. OK, um, now I get on the, uh, I get first flight requests quite a bit as well, where somebody wants to go up and go upside down in an airplane. And I'm not a thrill company, a thrill ride company. Don't claim to be. I don't do rides. Everything is instruction. So um, I, I will teach you if you've never flown an airplane, I will teach you how to do a loop that day. Is it going to be pretty? No. Are you going to know really what you're doing? No. But you're going to learn something in my airplane and you're going to leave there having had a a ton of fun, but also learning something. So on those packages, it's really, I really don't have a curriculum on on what aerobatics you want to do. It's kind of like what what you want me to do and then show you. Um, And not everything, I don't, you know, it's like I'm not going to do, not going to demonstrate outside snaps and then have you do them. On your first flight ever. It's going to be more tailored to the fundamentals, and I want to talk about kind of what the fundamentals are. And then um, that's always obviously something that's built on. And the, one of the big topics of debate is like, you know, what maneuver do you start with? What do you start with when you're teaching somebody the fundamentals? What do you start with? Because, you know, the failure modes of some of these maneuvers, although the maneuver is benign, the failure mode could be deadly. Um, not even to be cliche about it. Um, they could they could be deadly. So when I get the student that is asking for an intro to aerobatics course, hey, I, I'm a private pilot. I got 200 hours. I'm going to buy an RV or I'm going to buy a Citabria or I'm going to buy a Pitts or I'm going to buy an extra. And I want to learn aerobatics. So when I pick up this airplane, I can go do aerobatics. Here's where I start. Um, obviously, it's it's a typical ground lesson on just kind of what aerobatics are and some of the the legalities of aerobatics, you know, what, what do you need? Do you need anything extra? And that's kind of where we hammer out some of that foreign, um, license and rating stuff where people might think, well, how, how, how many hours until my, my, my rating is complete? Well, there's no rating. Okay. Move on from there. Um, you know, maneuvers. So I, I basically tell everybody that a loop roll and a spin is your primary fundamental aerobatic maneuvers. Now, can you add more to the fundamentals? Yes. But I think a good reference point is the is the primary. The primary sequence is, is a really good start. Um, you know, a loop roll and a spin. I'm just doing this off the top of my head. There's a loop roll and a spin. There's probably a, a wedge and a, a 180 turn or a 90 turn, something like that, you know. Uh, we all we all can kind of do steep turns and that can be practiced later on but as far as uh, maneuvers that are completely foreign to you uh, for the first time aerobatic pilot, a loop, a roll and a spin are a really really good place to start and honestly it's something that you can start there and spend 10 hours on and not even scratch the surface on perfection um, it, it takes a long time to perfect those maneuvers um, and those maneuvers comprise a lot of the arrestee maneuvers so, you know, from there, um in some way, shape, or form, you're getting all kinds of maneuvers. Um, you're not getting, you know. Well, yeah, you're getting you're getting a ton of maneuvers. So that's kind of where I start. And I start with ballistic rolls as my first maneuver. The first maneuver, if somebody's never ever done aerobatics and wants to pursue aerobatics, the first maneuver I show them is a ballistic roll. Why? It, you, you keep positive G. You you don't know you may not know this person's tolerance. Um, they probably don't know their own tolerance, and that's a whole other podcast that I probably have somebody come on that can speak more eloquently uh, um, on physiology than I can. But that's a really fun that's a really fun topic of of discussion is is pilot physiology and and you know learning yourself right. Um, I was just talking to a buddy who says a guy bought an Edge 540 and he'd make himself sick. He'd make himself throw up in the airplane and didn't want the airplane anymore because he'd make himself throw up. You know, it's like in my head, I'm like, how do you, how do you make yourself throw up? You know, I've never, knock on wood, I'm going to knock on wood right now. I've never thrown up in an airplane. Um, I really hope not to. (laughs) But that being said, uh, teaching, the teaching environment does lend itself to, to having instructors not feel well, especially when the maneuvers are done poorly. Like when you're sitting in the back of a super D and somebody's practicing slow rolls and that's what they want to do all day, it, you'd be hard pressed not to hurl chunks. Um, so the ballistic roll is definitely where I start. It's, it's an easy maneuver. Um, it, it's, sh- you know, these maneuvers, these primary maneuvers, you know, I, I kind of like to call them they're not one-dimensional, but they're one-axis maneuvers. Essentially, you know the, the core concept of a roll is 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 roll. The core concept of a loop is pitch, right? So you you can really focus just on a single control input as the primary input. Now, obviously, you need rudder for coordination and all that kind of stuff. Um, you know that you start building on on these these maneuvers, right? But you know, seeing where somebody is, I, I've, I've, I've had people that are like, I want to, I'm going to buy a, an MXS and I'm going to compete and do air shows. And I've done two ballistic rolls and they were, um, they were out of here. They were, they were in the clouds. They, they had no idea where they were feeling like crap, ready to go home. And you just, so you just never know how you feel until you start doing that kind of stuff. So it's really nice to do it. Start off with a ballistic roll. Start off with a couple ballistic rolls, show them and then, um, have them demonstrate what a ballistic roll is. Obviously, that's a recreational maneuver. That's not a competition maneuver. And that's not a ballistic roll. Is not in the primary uh, sequence, but a roll is, slow roll. And so that's you kind of start expanding on on the rolls from there. Um, I typically do ballistic rolls, and then I typically move on to the loop. And then I save slow rolls... Once somebody gets a little more hours, like in the airplane, if you know, typically, especially in an extra, like not a lot of people have time in an extra. You know, you might have a situation in a Citabri or a super decathlon where somebody has been flying one for years and then just wants aerobatics in one. So their their muscle memory and their input, um, you know, their input levels might be where where it needs to be. But it, typically, you know, somebody in an extra is. <laughs> they're uh they're over controlling the hell out of it um you know way too much especially rudder way too much rudder um bobbling the stick things like that so getting them used to the airplane before doing something like a slow roll um is this is just that's just how i teach it that to me that i think that kind of makes more sense than starting somebody off with slow rolls now one could argue that the law of primacy takes hold and you'll be doing shitty slow rolls because you're trying to do ballistic rolls I could I could buy that if somebody made that argument to me, I, I could buy that argument. Um, where I where I argue is that you know the level of uncomfortability in a slow roll so quickly off the bat in, in somebody's training. I, I just think it's it's a nice setup for for success when you try to not induce negative G yet, even zero G. But you know. That's just my opinion that's just kind of what i've seen so ballistic rolls left and right get them comfortable you know being able to to pitch up separate the maneuver uh from the pitch so you know the cadence i teach it is pitch stop roll stop and then pitch stop obviously that last pitch having the nose below the horizon and bringing it back to level um you really really get a sense for you know, rolling the airplane and how it feels, and and keeping positive G or trying to keep you know at least I mean at the most or least however you want to describe it zero G, uh, but not going negative, not not falling out of your seat, um, and getting getting an idea of like just how that airplane kind of behaves, then moving on to the loop from there. Um, I don't really discuss failure modes until after that, but I want to talk about the incorporation of upset recovery and, and, and spins. So this first lesson really is just kind of an intro to all this stuff, right? And then you just, you build on it hour after hour after hour and you don't ever stop building on it. I mean, how, you know, I know there's plenty of very, very successful aerobatic and air show pilots that, you know, they still go practice the fundamentals, right? Now they're not, does Mike Goulian do ballistic rolls? No, but he, he damn sure does slow rolls and, you know, makes sure I'm sure he's got a warm-up routine and all that kind of stuff that incorporates some of these easier maneuvers that um, he can do uh, to kind of warm up and, and recondition his body, uh, recondition his, his muscle memory and that kind of stuff you know if he takes breaks but yeah um, you know you never stop with these, right you never stop you never stop. you just never stop. For one, they're almost always in, in the in the sequence in the, in the known sequence in some form. Now there might be a half turn here and a half turn there, or a quarter turn, or three quarter turn, or an avalanche on top of something. But um, loops and rolls are and, and spins, are, you know, you're not getting away from those. So um, once somebody gets, you know, the, the idea of loops and rolls and can do them, you know, I'm not super concerned about verticals yet. Um, I I do break down the loop, um, you know, like on the second lesson, I kind of break it down a little bit, um, break the anatomy down a little bit in more detail. So then, kind of see where they should be looking and when. Um, although the, where to look starts lesson one, but you know where to look and why, and and you know you, you start seeing a student's minds that their mind's eye opening, and they start being more aware of what they're looking at. Um, it's so overwhelming the first lesson, typically for people. So you know, just trying to keep it as simple as possible. Uh, but doing a few loops and then um, you know. Introducing just upright power off, plain vanilla spins. You know, I'm not going too far. Um, if it's an aerobatic, you know, in a perfect world, the the person that's learning aerobatics is going to get the full spectrum of spin training and upset recovery and prevention training, um, or upset prevention and recovery training, however you want to say it, um, because they're they're all they're all intertwined. Uh, But for the purpose of just the basics, upright, power off, and recovery, um, and then kind of move on from there. And that lesson will be built upon and then added. And so what I do is I typically take one maneuver and add it to the next lesson. And then I review everything we did prior. And I may at some point drop one maneuver. So like if, you know, ballistic rolls get dropped pretty quick, okay? And then, you know, by lesson two or three slow rolls are introduced and, and worked on continuously, you know, loops almost continuously. Uh, but then, you know, start adding in things, you know, lesson two, three, four, start adding in verticals. Um, humpties are great, a great way to practice upline and downline verticals. Um, you know, wedges getting 45s and things like that. And then starting, really starting to get, you know, the feel for the push and the pull. Um, where your attitude is and what you're looking at. Are you looking at 45? Are you looking at 90? Um, are you looking at level? (laughs) If I'd have that, I'd had to beat people up to get the airplane, the freaking wings level, which, um, you know, when you're in an air, when you're learning something new and you're learning a new airplane, it can be difficult. It can be a real challenge. You know, you're, you're so overwhelmed. There's so much going on. And the extra is such a high performance airplane, uh, typically than what people, um, you know, might be used to flying, so that's kind of where um, where I take people on a on an a intro to aerobatics course. Um, hammer, uh, you know, wedges and and humpties, typically, you know, lesson two and three start coming in there uh, to practice verticals, and then comes the um, the hammerhead. Around the hammerhead time, if we haven't already. A lot of people book. They'll book like, "Hey, I want to do aerobatics and I want to do spin training." And so I get a lot of these people that that may not, they may not take all these maneuvers and may not continue aerobatic training, but they want to do aerobatics to see it and they want to do spin training to see it. And for so much of it, it's kind of the same lesson, right? I mean, you, basically, if you book an aerobatic lesson with me or a spin lesson, um, I'm sorry, if you book an aerobatic lesson and a spin lesson, I mean, there there's r- not a whole, I don't really, I do separate them, but they are really part and parcel. And so I want to talk about, uh, upset prevention and recovery and, and how it relates to aerobatics. And then I want to talk about spin training and recovery and how that relates to aerobatics. And one thing that I find interesting, I was actually talking, um, to somebody about this and just kind of popped the question of, you know, what do you see as an aerobatic pilot? And this person's on the U S team. um, What as far as a general theme out in the aerobatic world, what do you see as far as what maneuver or what discipline or what practice lacks? Meaning, you know, do people, do people stop or, or get sloppy practicing a a given maneuver or a given, um, you know, safety protocol, things like that, you know, um, I won't even get into parachute etiquette on this podcast, um, or this episode today. That's a great one. In fact, I may try to get Alan Silver on to do to do that, but you know, practicing egress is one of the No, we never do that, right? We're done with the flight. We're sweaty. We're hot. We're thirsty. We're hungry. We're tired. We're woozy. Whatever we are, we, we want to get out of that airplane, pop the chute off, and hang it up and go home, right? How often, as aerobatic pilots, do we practice an emergency egress solo? With a student? Okay. Both, right? Neither. How often are we doing that as instructors? How often are we making our students say, hey, you know what, hey, keep that canopy closed. Let's run through a bailout. Let's run through this. Let's run through getting out of that chute in case of emergency. Let's talk about some contingencies. Um, It's a really, really good thing to to start incorporating again, because I think we lose that kind of stuff. Um, Long story uh, or long winded answer to his question. um, Well, I had asked, I said, you know, I see spins as something that aerobatic pilots typically don't uh, they don't. Practice from an, a, a safety standpoint, right? Uh, in competition, we're always, you know, one and a half turn spins, two turn spins kind of thing. Um, most of those spins in competition, typically, unless you're maybe you're, you're on a four minute free and you're doing a lot of spins, typically they don't get past the incipient stage of the spin. So, you know, and, and achieving auto rotation and recovery methods, I don't even think I'm going to get into that. Um, in, into that on this podcast, but his answer—he agreed. He's you know spins from a safety standpoint are, are one of those things that we kind of drop the ball on, and so I really try to think about that and and prevent a you know complacency with with regard to spins because as aerobatic pilots, again, two turns and you're done, right? Whether it's upright or inverted, um, we're not spinning a whole lot. We're not. We're not we're not wrapping this air, these airplanes up 10 turns and then recovering, right? So that pav- Pavlovian response that you want to recovery starts to degrade over time. And I think about that when I teach somebody aerobatics, because you a lot of these maneuvers, you know, uh, the dreaded, I'm using air quotes here, dreaded hammer spin, right? The hammer spin, the spin from a hammerhead or um, I've seen, hell, I've seen spins from the top of loops get sl- when, when somebody gets slow. Um, you know, a lot of these these maneuvers um, can develop into a spin. Anything where you start letting gyroscopics take over and you don't have proper control authority, uh, whether it be from, you know, slow airspeed or a weird attitude or something like that, if you don't catch it, if you don't recognize it and don't catch it, um, you know, you're, you're going to be in a spin. And then if, if you haven't done them in a while depending on your altitude you know like you know I'm talking to Jeff um, Petroselli, he practices high that's good um, I know a lot of people that don't I know a lot of people that that practice lower um, you know 1500 feet 2,000 feet 2500 feet um, unless you know you know the wavered guys you know Rob Holland he's got a to the ground waiver he, he's got to practice to the ground right you you know you can't can't practice 1500 feet up and then just take it to the ground. Um, So, when you practice at these lower altitudes, you know, 5,500 feet, 3,500 feet, you get into a spin, you've you've got some time to play. At 2,000 feet, an inadvertent, uh, uncommanded spin from a maneuver, and and you were shocked by the onset and, and the development of that spin, you're already a step behind, right? Because as aerobatic pilots, we're always forcing that spin in you know, in a competition form, practicing um, a sequence, you're forcing that spin. You know it's coming, you know exactly where it is in the sequence, and you know exactly how many turns you have to do. And for all intent and purpose, that is not a fully developed spin, it's not. And it's not a real, it's, it's really not. I mean, you'd let go of the controls and the airplane would just fly out. Um, now, whether it would do that in a fully developed spin is a topic for another podcast, but I really try to focus a big emphasis on upset prevention and recovery and spin training when it comes to aerobatics, and I think a lot of people do, but i it's interesting. People that have done aerobatics before are wondering why I give briefings and ground instruction and... Um, Procedures for upset recovery when it comes to aerobatics. I think there's a theme, especially in competition aerobatics, where everything is so pre-orchestrated and uh, planned, right? Well, how could you possibly have an unusual attitude? Everything's planned, right? Um, but we all know energy management um, can bite us in the ass, can bite us square in the ass if we get it, get something wrong. We entered at at the wrong speed. We you know we thought we saw one sixty and we saw one thirty. You know would that be enough to get something weird going on? Maybe, um, but in the civilian world, you know the recreational world, you you're you might be teaching somebody that has an RV and it's just literally is just going to be that person doing, you know, loops and rolls, and those maneuvers could be deadly. Um, I've had. <laughs> Three students. I'm trying to think in my head, sorry. Uh, at least three. Four. Okay, I could. Four students over the past maybe two years that have called me or emailed me or texted me frantic. Almost shivering after they just got out of this airplane because they Googled spin training in the area and found my website. And have scared themselves shitless in an airplane trying something they shouldn't have been doing and almost killed themselves. Um, I actually did spin training for a guy who ripped the tail off of a a, uh, king air. Ripped the uh, right, I think it was the right vertical stab off of a skydiving king air. Um, No shit. Um, And his call to me was like, hey, my company would like me to get spin and upset recovery training. Yeah, that's, that's a good idea. That's a really good idea. <laughs> um, and I've gotten those quite a bit. So I, I really do kind of focus my my instruction to people that, you know, are going to be taking these to lightly aerobatic airplanes and they're not going to be in the competition environment. So they're going to be people that uh, take the friends up and want to do ballistic rolls. One of the things I hate about even showing somebody a ballistic roll, granted, you're not teaching somebody a slow roll in an RV. Most RVs, some RVs have inverted systems, but a lot of them don't. Um So you need to keep positive G. So you're teaching them ballistic rolls. Well, if they forget to pitch up one day and they, they're hauling ass and they really let that nose drop, and I've seen it time and time again when I'm teaching people, is they do not bring the nose up and they pitch, they pitch into the roll. Well, you've now just basically introduced a split S with full power and... That's a really dangerous situation because depending on your your next two movements uh, could be fatal. You could rip the wings right off an airplane like an RV really, really quick and it's happened. So I really emphasize getting upset prevention and recovery training of, of learning. You know, if you got yourself in that position, which I, I put people into that position, I, I essentially split S it um, and leave about... Yeah, thirty degrees of bank out, so out from inverted. So some sort of, you know, bank in there, upside down, nose low, high speed, and you know, teaching the path of least resistance of of how how do you recover that airplane, um, you know, and start teaching these sequences right. We we do this in spin training of pair right, power idle ailerons neutral rudder opposite elevator. I teach elevator neutral just because of doing inverted spins. I don't, I don't teach elevator forward. I teach elevator neutral. Um, just so you, if you're upside down, you don't, you don't have to think about which way to go with the stick. Just if you go to center, if you do a positive movement to center from both aft or forward to center, um, you're going to be good. But um, teaching these things um, on how to recover these airplanes from, from unusual attitudes, unload, roll, stabilize, power, recover. Um, that'll get you out of a lot of these unusual attitude situations that, that, you know, people are starting to rip wings off. Um, that, that's, that's a huge energy management, um, skill set in air with aerobatics, right? Cause we mess up, we make mistakes and learning how to, how to correct those mistakes without putting undue stress on the airplane, on the airframe, on the engine, uh, via airspeed, um, or, or load or G, right? Um, don't load the airplane up too much. Or there might be situations like in an extra where you kind of want to keep it loaded to prevent your airspeed from from climbing. That's kind of an advanced topic and, and, and is specialized to people that have, you know, high G airplanes, high energy envelope airplanes. Um, but yeah, I, spins are one of those things where I think as a safety maneuver, we lack, we, we don't practice. We don't go up and practice ten turn spins and the recovery. Um, and I think we, we need to kinda we kinda really need to shift into that mindset. And I, I teach uh, people that do aerobatics that, that that plan on owning an airplane, you know, go incorporate these things. It's I, I quit it a lot to like the calisthenics, you know. It's like or or, you know, some some exercise that you hate doing but it's like you know it's a necessary evil. It's like go go out and spin twenty minutes spinning go do some spins to the left and the right do a flat and, and an accelerated spin um, and practice your recoveries and make sure you're good you know um, it's just one of those things that if you don't use it you lose it and it's it, it's you you might be good for years you might never ever get slow on a maneuver and then one year one day one maneuver it just happens and I actually had a buddy airbag air, pilot was just he was in the back seat of an RB. Front seat guy owned the RV. And he's like, "Hey, you mind if I roll it?" And he's like, "Yeah, you know, I, I, I got aerobatic training. You know, I, I do loops and rolls in this thing all the time." And so my buddy's like, "All right, sure." No shit. Rolled with no pitch. This is and he wasn't doing a slow roll. He's doing a ballistic roll. Got to about 120 degrees of of bank and said, "Oh shit!" and pulled. And my buddy obviously reacted quickly and was able to fly out of it. But there was also... Um, the pictures, I think, got kind of scrubbed from, from the internet. But uh, there was one. It was I think it was an F-18 guy in an RV with a buddy. Did the same exact thing. And they... No shit. I think they ripped an aileron off. I think they ripped the, the tail apart. They were able to land it. But that airplane was destroyed. I mean, like right off. Destroyed. Uh, because of in the airframe. So, uh, practice, you know, UPRT, practice these things and, and, and have a plan and have an out when, when something goes wrong. And so I really, that takes a long time to teach, I guess is the long, uh, the long part of the story, a long winded, um, you know, long story short, it it takes, it takes several hours. I mean, 10 hours to learn loop, roll, spin, hammerhead. Upset recovery and 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 the the flavors of spins, you, even just upright, and doing that stuff to proficiency to a safe proficiency, not necessarily competition level proficiency, but safe proficiency. Uh, Ten hours, it's not unreasonable at all, and so. Thinking about that and expanding on aerobatics, I mean, it takes a long time to really get these maneuvers down, but get that, that really is the encompassment of, of fundamentals, um, basic aerobatics. And upset recovery, um, upset prevention and recovery training and spin training, that, that that that's a fundamental. That really is a fundamental. Uh, you, you really got to learn. You should know how to recover from any attitude, um, that you put yourself in with aerobatics, because that's that's what we do, right? Um, not to be cliche, but they're unusual. These are unusual attitudes. Everything is unusual in aerobatics. We're weird. It's usual to us, but it's uh, you know it's we're departing the normal bounds of, of of kind of flying an airplane. So we may get ourselves into something that we've never seen before, but we have to be able to fix it. There's no there's no other way. There's no there's no other answer other than fix it you have to fix it so yeah that th- that's why you know when somebody books an intro aerobatic course and wants several flights that they, they get they get spin training and they get upset prevention and recovery training because you have to and i think most people probably incorporate something to that measure um but it kind of seems funny you know like people are like well i want all this aerobatic training and you're teaching me like you're teaching me how to, like, recover. Like, I'm doing, like, unusual attitude stuff for my private pilot, which is ex- we expand way beyond um, and way more extreme than, than that, right? Um, but they, it's like not – a lot of people don't think of it as an aerobatic maneuver because they're not going to go do that with their friends. And they're right. And they sh- maybe they shouldn't. But they should know that if they do a maneuver, what's going to happen? What are the failure modes of a loop? What are the failure modes of a ballistic roll? What are the failure modes of a hammerhead? Um, what are you going to see? What is it going to look like? What's it going to sound like? Uh, how much time do you have to react? What is your reaction? And that's that's really important to somebody learning just a couple of aerobatic maneuvers. It's like kind of like the iceberg thing, right? You see the, the loop roll and the spin on the tip of the iceberg, and then the bottom is... Knowing all the failure modes, seeing the failure modes, recognizing the failure modes, learning upset prevention and recovery training, and spin training and recovery, right? And so, that is in a nutshell, intro to aerobatics. So it's it's really uh, it's not as simple as a lot of people think, but you build on that and then you you have it. Um, you you obviously have to have to practice. Because it is one of those things that you lose uh, proficiency on, but uh, you you have it. You know that's why it's a f- that's a foundational skill set to have in aerobatics. Um, from there, you know from from basic aerobatics. Uh, again, this is like the recreational stuff. Um, you know, do hammerheads. Uh, kind of circling back into in in the in the to the progression of lessons, right? Um, so once they once they they. And I surprise students I'm, I'm kind of mean sometimes um, I, I will surprise you with an upset um, I may yank the stick back on the top of a loop and, and just accelerate a stall on you and, and see what happens and, and what your reaction is or um, I may pull the power back right as you're kicking on a hammerhead just to kind of see what happens or or uh, I'll prevent you from kicking uh, <laughs> just, just so you get real slow and, and gyroscopic start to take over so uh, you always practice that stuff but you know, kind of once you're there, once you've got that stuff down, and you got the loop roll and the spin down, hammerheads and uh, cubans and ha- uh, half cubans, half reverse Cuban. Uh, kind of learning those, and and then kind of start throwing sequences together for fun. You know, again, th- this is all recreational stuff, right? Um, so you can, you know, between between all those maneuvers, you can really throw down. Uh, you know, five minutes of fun, couple well, a couple minutes of fun. You know, right? Uh, back-to-back-to-back. So, you got a loop, roll, spin, hammerhead, half-cuban, cuban. Cuban. Cuban, Reverse-cuban, reverse-half-cuban. From there, I would say that probably... that probably sums up basic aerobatics is everything I just mentioned. I'm trying to think if I missed anything. I don't think I missed anything. Um, That really sums up basic aerobatics. Um... Am I missing something? Maybe. Somebody's listening right now, freaking screaming into their their phone or computer or in their car. You forgot this, dumbass. And maybe I have. But that, I would say that that's probably basic aerobatics in a nutshell, okay? Um, it's everything that you can do, even if you do it recreationally and you do it positive G. It's everything that you could do in, a, in an RV um, or Satabria. Anything without an inverted system that's aerobatic that that's pretty much what you got right there, um, and anything that is aerobatic, like an extra, you can you can do those, and then practice all those for boy, numerous flights uh, until you gain some some real proficiency on that stuff. Um, from there, I, I I start building in like vertical stuff, so that starts getting advanced, vertical and gyroscopic stuff, so vertical rolls, torque rolls, tail slides. Um, snap rolls that that all kind of comes um, comes later on so yeah with a uh, with a basic aerobatics course you're gonna get a good fundamental knowledge of upset prevention and recovery. you're gonna get a good foundation of, of upright spin stuff um, maybe some intro into what inverted spins look like um, and, and some recoveries just just to see it. But really uh, well-versed in flat, accelerated, and accelerated with power, accelerated with aileron, accelerated with, with elevator um, recoveries. I do, on advanced, uh, more advanced aerobatic um, lessons, get into different methods of spin recovery. Because right, we all, we all learn about pair, um, and pair is great. PAIR is what I, I teach as a, as from spin safety, PAIR is what I teach because that's probably what you're going to be using in the airplane that you're flying um, because you're getting spin training from me because you're going to go fly your bonanza and you're worried about stalling and spinning. PAIR is going to be the, the thing that you use and if it's recoverable, PAIR is going to do it, right? Is it the fastest way to recover from a spin? Is it the funnest way to recover from a spin? Uh, if you guys haven't tried this and and a lot of people that listen to this, I I know are in the aerobatic world and, and air show and or competition and are just like, dude, this is nothing new. And I know it's nothing new. Um, but if you're a recreational guy that loves spins and loves recovering and you're proficient in spins, don't go try a spin for the first time in an airplane you just bought without getting training, go get training. But, um, you know, pair go roll out of a spin. It's fun. Rolling out of spin is great. You know, go practice the... uh, Maybe we'll talk about PAIR. Uh, We'll break down PAIR in the next... You know, my next solo episode. We'll break down these spin recovery techniques. You know, um, Mueller-Beggs method. um, PAIR, uh, which is the Art Scholl method, right? Um, Or, you know, I guess... Well... Is it the NASA method? I mean, who really got the credit for his work and, and got credit for that. Um I'm trying to think. FAA, I guess, the FAA method. Yeah. The FAA method of recovering from spins. So uh, there's some different ways to recover from these spins. Um but from a safety aspect of it, you want to be able to, to recover from these these flight regimes that are that are undesirable or uncommanded with a with quick responses and you want to be able to know exactly where you are at all times and I'll tell you I had an, um myself, flying an extra, I hadn't done inverted spins in like a long time. For whatever reason, I got into a rut where I was like doing aircraft checkouts and like intro flights and, and just wasn't doing, for a long time, wasn't, wasn't doing any outside stuff and I wasn't going out and practicing it, okay? So it's like the, one of those slow burns, right? Where you look back and like, shit, I haven't done those in a year. That's crazy. And so I was like, well, I'm going to go out and, you know, um, get proficient again because ha- I'm not proficient and it's funny. I-, I did an inverted flat, it was fine. And then I was like, you know, I want to, I want to wrap it up and, and do a, uh, inverted, you know, just like some accelerated nose, low inverted spins and, um, went into it. And then obviously, uh, accelerated spins take longer to recover, uh, especially using the pair method it takes forever. Uh, but I, I'm just using the pair method, you know, uh, just practicing, you know, safety recovery protocol, right? The airplane just like didn't want to, it just didn't feel like recovering. It was, re- it just kept, kept wrapping up, uh, even with the power idle. And I had to kick, I had to go from, uh, full deflection into the spin to full deflection opposite rudder, um, like twice to get it to just stop rotating. And I just remember being like, oh man, that would have really sucked. At a thousand feet, fifteen hundred feet, two thousand feet. Um, I was up. I was up at like four thousand feet. Um, but you know, just stuff like that. And I was like, you know, I can't let that. I can't go a year without doing that. And I'm not sure if it was just. I mean, I'm not saying it was like a my lack of proficiency or or uh, some complacency is what caused the airplane to not recover. It's it just simply a matter of it being accelerated and taking longer to recover with the pair method. Uh, but it initially caught me off guard, which it shouldn't because I teach this stuff and um, I should be doing this stuff a lot, right? <laughs> so that was fun. But anyway, that's a big long-winded answer to uh, questions I get all the time on what is basic aerobatics? What do you include in basic aerobatics? And what I think should be included in basic aerobatics. I think everybody should be teaching spins as part of their basic aerobatic curriculum. And I'm not talking about just... Uh, one and a half, two turn spins. I'm talking about full-blown, fully developed spins. And depending on the air- aircraft you learn in, and or teach in, or use, the spin behavior varies. There's such a high spec, uh, such a large spectrum of aircraft behavior, and, and what you know, what airplanes will do. What dual in my extra, it's almost impossible to get the airplane. To spin with me, not on with, with with me letting go of the controls. Even if I just relax the elevator super slow, the nose will rotate a little bit, but I, it, it then it just pops out. It just never stays there. Um, I haven't really experimented long time turns uh, solo to see if it would do anything more for that. But I think that with the CG being so far forward, it just pops it out, and there's just so much um control surface that the airplane just really starts flying again I really liked the pits for that um, I miss teaching spin recovery and upset recovery in the pits because I, I would I would teach a crossover spin which I really don't do that in the extra it just doesn't never I, write to me if you if you worry about crossover spins in an extra I've never got it I've never I've gotten it to do it intentionally but it's been real intentional um, I've never seen one crossover unintentionally whereas the pits i used to see that all the time with students um but i actually incorporated it into my my spin recovery course um flying the s2c is i would teach a crossover i would i would show a crossover and you, you know in that airplane as well you could let go of the controls and the control the, the stick would kind of neutralize a little bit and, and sit there maybe just slightly the the elevator would be slightly above neutral but you know, the ailerons would be neutral but the airplane would be spinning hands off hands off and feet off and you'd actually have to input the 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 proper inputs in the proper way to get it to stop um, stop the spin and that airplane is real important to stop the rotation before you stop the spin, obviously. Um, you know, and you can also roll out of a spin in a pit and, and things like that. But um, people have a tendency to get nervous uh, when they're learning. And in the pits, it's really fun because a lot of times they'll go... It's just that this is a student thing. Every every CFI um, that teaches this stuff knows exactly what I'm talking about. Is Everybody has a tendency to rush and mush the control inputs on a recovery and a lot of times what they'll do is they'll go elevator first before they they stop the auto rotation. And you got to you got to stop the auto rotation on a spin before you break the stall. Um, otherwise it just doesn't work in a lot of airplanes, in some airplanes. Maybe the airplane that you're hoping to recover from a spin someday that you own that you're you're paying a CFI good money to teach you how to do um, they're teaching you how to do it right, hopefully. Uh, by using pair, but you know, you want to learn this stuff in the right sequence. The pits was an excellent reminder of that because it'll just cross right over on you. And some of my favorite moments in a pits is when a student crosses over and has no idea where they are. <laughs> yeah, I'm sick. I don't care. Whatever. They're paying me for the entertainment too. Uh, I'm entertained and, and I get paid. It's, it's amazing. Um, so yeah, you know, know the sequence and know what you can do in certain airplanes and, and what you can't do in certain airplanes. You know, um, the crossover was a great lesson in the pits. Anybody that was buying a pits, they, they got anybody that listens to this that has ever gotten a pits checkout for me has gotten a crossover spin, uh, at least demonstration more than likely you've done a crossover, um, purposefully, if not accidentally and seen it and, and that'd be the reminder, but uh, certain airplanes behave like that, and it's it's really a good reminder in, in these sequences and doing things the right way and 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 not mushing the controls. One of the big things in the United States that that foreign pilots don't have to worry about is, um, you know, several decades ago we stopped spin training as far as, as part of the private pilot curriculum. It was you know CFI's were killing students essentially. Well, fast forward to well they've been doing it for the last several decades but uh, even today 2020 you know a, a budding cfi right uh, look at our budding uh, uh, candidate cfi candidate is is looking to get their cfi finish it up start teaching people and part of that curriculum is a cfi endorsement i'm sorry a cfi spin endorsement part of that cfi spin endorsement is just to go up and and demonstrate no, proficient knowledge on spins, development, and recovery. Okay, well, what does that mean? That really doesn't mean much. You know, you can go spin a 172 M model. Well, you can spin the other ones too, I guess. Or some of the other ones, um, but you know, you you're going to get a CFI who had a CFI. Who had a cfi who had a cfi that were all terrified of spins they show you a half a turn or one turn let go the controls or you can just mush the controls through in a lot of these airplanes to recover and the airplane will recover because it's not in a fully developed spin and so what happened in the united states is that we've we've created an entire crop of pilots and instructors that have a misconception of spins uh, and par- part of that misconception is the misconception of how an airplane really does spin and how an airplane really does recover. And so somebody that may go get spin training in an airplane like that and have a CFI like that and goes and buys an airplane may have a false sense of security when it comes to spin and spin recovery. And boy, as I think all aerobatic CFIs, um, <laughs> I, know, I know we all feel the same way on this. It's really hard. Uh, to kind of live in this space where people um, you know they're like oh yeah I did spins yeah I did spins you know and whatever back in the day yeah whatever and then you kind of get them up for their training in in aerobatics and you kind of find that they I mean proficiency too you know maybe they haven't done in a while but that there was a lot of misconceptions or or a lot of uh, assumptions about the way they did spins and, and how they think spins are for all airplanes and so it's really important to give good spin training I can't stress that one enough. That one really bugs me. I fly CFI's all the time, and I did I did tons of CFI spin endorsements. In fact, I just did some um, earlier this year, like in February, before the airplane had a boo boo. Um, I did two CFI spin endorsements, and the guy, you know, I I tell him before as I was like, come, prepare to te- don't I don't I don't make people write a lesson plan, but I tell them come teach me about what a spin is on the ground. I'm gonna go show you what a spin is in the air. And then you're going to demonstrate to me what a spin is in the air and the recovery. And I have people just let go of the controls and freak out and say, okay, well, I'm done. Like, well, no, 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 that's not how you're going to get a CFI spin endorsement with me. And I don't think anybody that's giving endorsements in an aerobatic airplane in this fashion is doing that either. But certainly, you know, you go to some of these, um, you know, I'm a Riddle grad, so uh, I can say this. But, you know, you go to some of these places like Riddle, uh, maybe not so much Riddle, but, you know, like, ATP, where they have a 172, they spin you in the 172 one time, and and they just sign you up because you're never gonna go teach spin, so who cares? Now we have thousands of CFIs like that. Uh, they're all over. They're just littered across the country that don't know how to do what they're what they're supposed to do, right? They they can now give CFI spin endorsements, but they don't know. They're just gonna do whatever they were taught, and so that we got a lot of bad info out there, or a lot of bad. Um, teaching potentially out there by CFIs that don't know how to do spins. But I'm always, I've always been a big, I was taught real early the importance of spin and spin training uh, with regard to aerobatics. And so it's just something I've always kept uh, and, and, and incorporated. So yeah. What else do we want to talk about? Hopefully that answers everybody's questions about basic aerobatics. I mean, I know a lot of people, they're probably listening to this like, whatever, man, like I did this a long time ago. I don't even know what we're talking about, but hopefully it reaches the people that are like, wondering you know what what is this investment that you're going to make net you uh in terms of like you're going to be an aerobatic pilot or you're going to learn aerobatics um for for fun how much is it going to cost you in time and in money and is it going to be worth it where can i do it you know um first go to the iac website and and you know, find find an aerobatic school close to you and then start asking questions. But this is basically the path that you want to go down is um loop roll and a spin, upset recovery, from there, hammerheads, uh or uh you know, humpties, wedges, or hammerheads and cubans. However, you know the 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 curriculum works, that's that's basically what you're gonna get. Um you know, incorporating in slow rolls and doing the competition thing from there. So uh, go do it. If you're if you're wondering what, if it sounds daunting or the idea of aerobatics sounds prohibitive in cost, time, or whatever, or skill, it's not. Um, it shouldn't be any of those things. Hopefully you can do it to the level that you want to do. Um, but that's about what it's going to take. Uh, to get the fundamentals down so if you're you know if you're buying an aerobatic airplane and you want to learn some fundamentals that's expect that if you're gonna go teach fundamentals teach that um, write into me let me know what uh, what you guys do as far as your basic aerobatic courses you know especially in the US because like I said there's no curriculum there's no set course so let me know what you do uh, in terms of uh, you know your syllabus be really curious to hear i'm gonna wrap this bad boy up happy friday guys hope you're flying it's a beautiful day here it's i think it's a beautiful day on in lots of lots of the country right now hopefully lots of the world uh i know we got you know the shitty covid thing going on but you know there's always blue sky up there and some clouds to go chase so go up there go fly go upside down pull some g's put a smile on your face have a great weekend episode five thanks for listening email me flycoolshit at gmail.com, www.flycoolshit.com, and flycoolshit on Instagram, mpaviation, on Instagram, mp-aviation.com, uh, that's my website stuff, and uh, pretty soon, I don't know if I'm going to go get it next week, uh, but I, I will, I'll, maybe I'll try to do like a podcast like every night um, as I ferry, You know, I'll, I'll probably do some podcasting uh, and, and keep you guys updated on on the process of getting the airplane home and flying it and test, test flying it there and then flying it home and the journey. So uh, it may not be next week, but it'll be soon, which I'm excited about. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. See you.